Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are listening from. I'm Dylan. And I'm Mickey. This is the Last Minute Podcast with Dylan and Mickey. Today is Wednesday, April the 3rd, 2019. Dylan, are you with me? I'm here. Hey, buddy, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Pretty day today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really nice. You know what? We've been missing an action for quite a while now. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on. <laughs> we didn't realize that it was going to like be this hard to actually sit down and get time to do a podcast. Uh, we just figured we'd be able to do it like uh, every week. We had unrealistic goals at first. We wanted to do it every day. And then we was like, well, maybe it's not going to work every day. So then we said every three days. And then now it's bought, what, been almost a week? Yeah, I think it'd be a little bit better if uh, our schedules are lined up. I think that's what hurts us most yeah, of the time. I do believe that is. So, you know, we'll we'll hope for the best and hopefully we can be more consistent here soon. And uh, hopefully some things will get better for us so yeah as we said pretty soon yeah as we said we from the beginning though we're not going to make it perfect until we work on it so you know at least we are doing it still so that's the good thing yeah dylan you've been busy up at the bristol racetrack haven't you yeah yeah i was just telling mickey there uh we actually got permission we uh we've been painting all of the nice little logos bass pro shops and all the logos you see on the track that uh they do burnouts on and spin across and wreck on, and then all the wild decals that they run over. We we do all those, and uh, we're putting the well. We've already done it now, but we're putting the food city on the start finish line and uh, outlining Bristol that was on there, and was going to do a, a drone shot. We actually got permission to fly the drone just directly above the start finish line, so we could do our layout and uh, bring it back down. wasn't allowed to fly anywhere else, but. Yeah, that didn't work out too good. There's so much metal and aluminum in that place. And then with the, the Colossus, I think, where they had it, where they were putting it back up. They take it down. It don't stay up all the time. They were putting it back up and had it on. So uh, as soon as I turned the drone on and took off, it started going crazy. And it's the first thing that crashed into the wall this, this weekend. So it's got a head start on the race car. So uh, I had to go out <laughs> today since it's so nice and fly it to make sure everything was still okay with it. And luckily it is. That's awesome. I hate that you wrecked your uh, or crashed your drone, though. That's I can say uh, one thing I like about the the Mavic Pro, where it's collapsible. It has little collapsible uh, propellers on it, so uh, they don't break quite as bad as the Phantom ones uh, did that I had. Yeah. Well, that's always good to know. I don't know. Let's see. What did I do this last weekend? This last weekend, I went to Charlotte and spoke at a uh, what they called the Charlotte BizCon. Uh, which was a business conference up in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Had a good time there, met some friends, and uh, chilled out with her, and then come back, worked around the house. Um, had a few health issues while I was on the way back, so got that checked up. And this weekend, I was supposed to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, speak at a, another business conference, and unfortunately, I had to cancel that uh, that speak uh, speaking engagement. Uh, for the simple fact that I've got to get my health in check. Uh, so I, I don't feel like it's safe for me to do a lot of traveling until I get this situation I got going on fixed. So that's a little bit of what's going on with me. Mine's totally different from you. You had exciting stuff. I had more of a, dang it, I wanted to go to Raleigh, but now I can't stuff. So Yeah, I wish my schedule would line up. I'd like to get over to one of those events with you. 
Yeah, I'd love for you to go. So, but uh, we we have good times at them. And uh, like I said, this this coming uh, weekend is the Raleigh Word Camp, and it is absolutely awesome. Uh, good, a whole lot of my friends are actually going to be there. Uh, the company that I represent, which is Known Host, will be there as well. Um, I was supposed to be there running a booth with my good friend Jonathan, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. So. If you're in that area, go say hi to Jonathan. Say, Mickey said, hey. So, uh, luckily, everybody in my life is pretty uh, pretty understanding and understand, you know, that things do happen that you can't control. And that's one of the things going on with me right now with this health issue I got. Nothing major, but I got to get it fixed before I can go do some stuff. Um, but like I said, Raleigh Word Camp is pretty awesome. If you're in that area, by all means, buy you a ticket. Go to it. It's like 40 bucks for a weekend best $40 you'll spend. And Dylan, you'll absolutely love it. Atlanta's coming up. I'd love for you to go to Atlanta with me. Yeah, I'd have made Raleigh this time and drove you myself, but uh, unfortunately the, the Bristol race uh, crept in there and we have to stay after and paint after each race. So we're usually there till one or two in the morning, touching up burnout marks and skid marks on walls. <laughs> skid marks? You know, I remember the race when there was wrecks every freaking five seconds now there's hardly any wrecks at all well we had the last race was terrible there was not one sticker or one decal like the wall the wall uh logos are actually what we call high tech they're they're actually printed decal material and uh between it and the logos it's actually painted on on the track on the concrete and asphalt uh there was not one of them they didn't hit this last race. And like the race before that, we didn't have to touch up hardly anything, just a few little logos at the entrance of uh, Pitt Road and, of course, where the winners would do their burnouts down on the apron. And that was pretty much about it on the two races ago. But the last one was terrible. Uh, me and Steven that works there actually end up having to go back at 4 o'clock in the morning and put up another Bush's Baked Beans decal because uh the bristol crew actually had to replace part of the safer barrier and paint the wall and we couldn't stick it because the paint was still drying and before we left uh we didn't do our final drive check and got all the way back to jonesboro and they called they're like oh y'all missed a bush baked bean so we had to turn around and go back <laughs> hey it's always good to make a checklist and uh this is a lesson to be learned Dylan. make a checklist and make sure you check that off your checklist yeah well uh I wasn't doing the wall decals actually that night. Oh, well, it's good that you got it fixed for them though. So Dylan, I'm ready for some fun facts, buddy. Are you ready for some fun facts? Oh yeah. We got some fairly interesting ones. This is a, I'm not sure exactly on this first one, what it means by this, but I, I would say that it could actually go two different ways, but, uh, Fun fact number one, vending machines kill four times as many people as sharks per year. So I don't know if vending machines actually fall over on people and kill them or people just eat too many snacks out of the vending machines and they die from obesity from the vending machine. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, we do have a society that some people don't have common sense or intelligence. So, <laughs> you know. Um, or maybe it's a combination of both. When we have to have, you know, don't use this hairdryer in the shower, you know, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Uh, or don't let your kid play with this plastic bag. I mean, come on. Or caution, hot coffee. Or don't screw in a decorative light bulb. Yeah, don't screw in a decorative light bulb. <laughs> it's 
so what he's referring there to is I created some of these little uh, light bulbs with matches in them. And uh, anyways, it's basically a little match light kit and everything. It's pretty neat. Bought these little bulbs over at Michael's in Yon City and uh, and uh, just doing a little craft project, see how it looked out. Uh, and it looked pretty cool. But I was like, I'm probably going to have to put a label and a disclaimer on here for people not to screw these into the light so they don't get electrocuted and try to sue me. Because that is the, the society we live in, my friends. Yeah, that was the first thing our friend Randall said whenever he picked it up. He's like, I wonder how many people screw this in. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it is. It's craziness. So people yep. are crazy. Crazy, yep. I tell you. So to answer your question, it said between 1978 and 1995, 37 people died from shaking the vending machines to get free merchandise, which averaged two to three deaths per year. So they're shaking the, the, the machine and then it falls over on top of them. Yeah, that makes sense. And then it said over the past decade, there was a total of six recorded shark attack fatalities in the U S with an average of 0.6 deaths per year. That's why it's, you're more likely to die by a vending machine than you're a shark. Yeah, well, I'd say you encounter more vending machines than you will sharks, too. You definitely will encounter more vending machines than sharks. <laughs> I guess unless your your job is in the ocean. Yeah, so, diving. you know, speaking of this real fast, I did have something positive happen to me today, and I know we're getting off track from your normal fun facts, but um, uh, my my son today told me that he was going to go in the military, which I was pretty freaking happy about, um, you know. Uh, and they told, he's going in for some kind of IT specialist uh, for his uh, MOS. And his girlfriend, from what I understand, is going in as some kind of medic, maybe combat medic. I don't know what it is. Um, but I just wanted to say I am very proud of those two. Yeah, that's a big step in both of them's life. It is. It's a huge step. So go ahead and go back to your number two. Fun fact number two, and I'm going to butcher this name, I'm sure, but Frederick. Bauer, I don't know if that's how you say the last name or not, but he invented the Pringles can that everyone knows and loves today. If you love Pringles, that is. Oh, but you're going to ruin Pringles for everybody if you tell yeah. them. When he passed away in 2008, <laughs> his ashes were buried in a Pringles can. I wonder if it was Sarah Cream or Barbie. I bet it was barbecue. <laughs> Could be. It'd be interesting to know. Hmm. I don't know. That's weird. That is yeah, that's definitely it. weird. I thought that was a little intriguing, but kind of weird too. But uh, okay, yeah. Fun fact number three. Hey, speaking of that, where's these fun facts from? You didn't put. These fun facts are from allthingsinteresting.com. All right, go for number three. The average four-year-old child asks over 400 questions a day. Doesn't that make you want to open a preschool? Yeah. I wonder if, uh, so let's do the math. 24 year olds at 400 questions a day. It's only 8,000 questions. I mean, why would a preschool teacher not be sane? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that carries down to like a three-year-old. I wonder if an average three-year-old asks 300 questions a day. I don't know. Hey, knowledge is power. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. This next one is, uh, I thought was very interesting. It's kind of the nerd side of me, but, uh, you remember the, the TI-83 calculators you used to use in high school? Yeah, those things are expensive. Graphing calculator. I've got one right here on my desk, by the way. 
but a, a TI-83 calculator has six times more processing power than the computer that landed Apollo 11 on the moon. Now, that's absolutely crazy right there. Yeah, so. that's very, very interesting. Dylan, if you say that's very, very interesting anymore, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to slap you in the face. Well, plug in the website, allthingsinteresting.com. <laughs> so, you know, there was a movie uh, about the ladies that helped do uh, one of the Apollo missions. Um, let me see if I can remember the name of the movie. Apollo ladies movie. Uh, Hidden Figures. Have you ever watched it? Yeah, I believe so. I think I have. And it was about the three ladies that helped power the, uh, uh, basically, they played a huge role in that with NASA during the early years of the space program. It is an awesome movie. It, uh, it stars, let's see, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet, and I can't even, Tara G. P. Hansen. I can't say all these names. Anyways, it is an amazing movie. Uh, I recommend it. It's really good. It rates at about an eight-star eight, eight star rating out of ten. And uh, it's a really good movie. And it, it's pretty awesome seeing how they worked on computers. And the the computer they worked on, I think it was maybe 120, 28 megabyte. So think about a you know terabyte flash drive in your pocket now. And this one they worked on was in the inside, in, in, inside of an entire warehouse. And it was only like 128 megabyte. That's how much technology has changed. I would be surprised if it's even 128 megabyte. I don't know what it was. It was it was huge for the little bit of stuff that it did. But these ladies were the only ones that knew how to work it. Uh, you know, White's, White's Auto Parts back in the 70s bought one of the first computers in this area. And it was massive. It was like the size of a copying machine. And it had five megabytes of storage on it. Not even a mega RAM. Crazy. I think Crazy. Kyle said they gave like thirty thousand dollars for it. It cataloged their parts. That was uh, insane. Huh. This next one's gonna gross everyone out. So uh, I dabble a little bit in the air purification industry, and part of that is knowing uh, some facts that uh, the biggest contributor to the dust in your home is uh skin cells dead skin that's so, right that is you know, right you're you're breathing your dead skin your partner's dead skin cells your pets your kids yeah don't don't worry about scaring our audience or anything bill yeah so uh i won't look into air purification but that that's leads us right into uh fun fact number five humans shed 40 pounds of skin in their lifetime completely replacing the outer layer of skin every month huh so. so that explains why when i was i guess let's see here i'm 38 now or actually how old am i i'm 36 now 36 now and that means that i was around 20 21 22 somewhere in there and i was a kirby vacuum clean salesman that's right i once served, sold kirby vacuums it lasted a whole maybe day and a half because I think I actually got fired. Um, How do you get fired in a day and a half? Because, uh, so the thing is, is you had to go do training, and they give you these black pads that you put into the vacuum that basically suck the dirt out of the carpet and stuff. The, the, Kirby, the Kirby's were really good machines, so they suck anything, right? 
So they fill this black pad full of all this dust and debris, and you can see it. You can see what you're vacuuming up. So you can show the client. That way it, wants, it makes the client want to buy the machine even more. Um, and I think in order for, once you get in the door of that house, they wanted you to do a hundred of these different little pads. So you line up all these pads on the floor and it basically shows the customer how dirty the, uh, the house was. Well, I refused to do it. I went into the house and I did like five. I was like, dude, you already know if your house is dirty. If I do five of these and you don't know your house is dirty, that's, it's crazy. You know, but you know, <laughs> anyways, I didn't do the mattress and the mattress is one of the leading spots that they tell you to do. Cause it'll, it'll basically, it's a scare. In my opinion, it's a scare tactic. And I'm not speaking bad of Kirby because Kirby vacuum cleaners are amazing. They are, they're awesome. But just the way that they trained me on this at the time was just a little bit, you know, shady in what I say. But, I mean, it was the truth, and, you know, it, it did suck the stuff out of the mattress and stuff. But, anyways, they wanted you to do, like, 25 or 35 of these little pads on just the mattress. That way you could show people how dirty their mattress was where they clean, where they slept, because all the skin cells would actually fall um, in, in, in the mattress. And uh, it was pretty disgusting. It's pretty disturbing to actually see that. So, um, wash your sheets often and uh, vacuum your beds often if, if you don't do that. So, and if you need a good vacuum cleaner to do so, just so Kirby doesn't, you know, I don't even know if the Kirby's around anymore. But yeah, I was just looking, they're still around, but you're going to drop around $1,500 to $2,000 on one. I mean, they are by far one of the best vacuum cleaners around. It's just, you know, um, I, I would love to have another Kirby, um, but they are, uh, they're very pricey, but they are very good. Yeah, my grandma's still, it's relatively new too, but she still uses the old uh, competitor to the Kirby with the door-to-door -door salesman, the the rainbow vacuums. Uh, got like a $2,500 rainbow vacuum but from uh, probably 12 years ago, I think, when she bought it. Well, I'm, I'm just going to let you know, I'm not knocking Kirby. I think Kirby's awesome. I think their vacuums are amazing. I was looking uh, here. They all have the same design, and I'm pretty sure that the little RC racetrack that we uh, raced that down in Greenville. Yeah has like a kirby but it's probably like a 1950s model that still works yeah. and i'm about positive it's a kirby because even today's kirby's still look the same design i mean they're a lot, a lot more updated looking but the same overall design yeah those things let me tell you those things can suck i have never seen a vacuum cleaner that can suck like that and i'm not been you know my wife prime example we have five cats and uh, we use the vacuum every day. We go through three or four of these Walmart vacuums like freaking a year. It's ridiculous the amount of vacuums that we go through. And Dylan, you've been over here. You, I got a vacuum almost in every room because we got so many freaking vacuums before we bought them. So, yeah. um, but it is, it's, it's crazy because you can't, you can buy cheap or you can buy quality. So I don't know. I'll have to give props to uh, Dyson. Their stuff seems to be pretty good. I've used it once. Yeah, I've never used a Dyson, so I don't know nothing about it. So I think we just made this show about a review. Yeah. So I got a vacuum cleaner. Uh... <laughs> yeah, let's do a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah. Anybody got a, uh, what, what vacuum cleaner do you prefer for your house? So uh, maybe we'll post that on Facebook here in a minute and say, what vacuum cleaner do you prefer for your house? And then leave us your comments and we'll read them out loud on uh, our next webinar. So uh, we started this podcast off with a good segue to our guest for today, but uh, the fun fact that kind of led it down a rabbit trail. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So, and you also got to know that I used to suck Kirby vacuum cleaners for like a day and a half until I got fired. I don't even think I knew that. 
yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about me. So here's another one, and then we'll we'll make this entertaining for the next podcast. Or maybe I'll give you another one. I by the time I was 22 years old or 21 years old, I had 22 jobs. So that's an interesting fact right there. If I wasn't happy, I didn't stay there. So and that Kirby job was one of those 22 jobs. Yeah, I've not had many jobs, but by the time I was 21, I probably had 22 cars. Yeah, you did. You had a lot of cars. So, <laughs> well, let's segue into our interview for today, and that is with Mr. Mike Demo from Bold Grid. He is also known as the International Traveler, or whatever you want to call it, because he's always traveling. This dude racks up more miles than anybody I know, because he's always going from conference to conference to conference, representing Bold Grid and doing what he does best, and that's build relationships. So, here's Mr. Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Hey, I'm great, buddy. Dylan, you with us? I'm here. All right. Today, people, we get to talk to Mr. Mike Demo with Bold Grid, and he's going to give us all kinds of awesome uh, advice and, and stuff. And he's traveled the world. He's he's went to Disney. Uh, is it Disneyland, Disney World in Florida? I always forget that one. Disney World's in Florida. Disneyland's in California. Okay. So he's went to Disney World with our previous podcaster, Chris and, uh, and and they're they're pretty good buds and they've got a little bit of challenging going on here so you know I can't wait to talk about that and catch up on that so Mike tell us about yourself what you do and and, and, and all that good stuff yeah sure uh, my name is Mike Demo I am an evangelist for Bold Grid so I get the pleasure of traveling around the world and going to things like word camps hosting events things like that and just meet community. My job is basically community, where I get to meet the users of WordPress, meet the users that build websites, people that are trying to start small businesses, hear about what their pain points, struggles, successes are, and really just try to um, be a resource for the community and help people as I can. I kind of say I'm a connector. So if someone's looking for a job and I know that they might be a fit somewhere, I might do an introduction. Or if they're looking for an accountant, I might be able to help them find an accountant uh, that specializes in their area of business. So my job is basically community and I'm privileged to be able to do it for Boulder. That is awesome. Now, we were talking before the show and, and you were telling me you travel 140 to 180 days a year. Yeah, based on the last couple of years, that's what I've been doing on average. Uh, your mileage may vary, no pun intended. <laughs> so 140 to 180 days, that's a lot of airport. It is a lot of airport. My <laughs> wife, God bless her, she puts up with it. Uh, one of these, uh, um, I always knock on wood when I say that, hey, but when people ask about how my wife likes my travel, um, and they'll I always joke that one of these days that won't be funny, but generally she uh, puts up with it and uh, we don't have kids so that I'm sure it makes it easier, but I just love meeting people and I love connecting with people and that's why I do it. Yeah. You're in the same boat as me. I love meeting people, making uh, connections and building relationships. Uh, that's what I absolutely love doing. And uh, you know, I just started here within the last year traveling with known host uh, doing their stuff for them kind of like you in a way but not on the same level because you're like way out there and I'm just little old me down here um, but anyways uh, I just started traveling with them a lot and, you know my wife is already like hey you travel a lot so you know <laughs> and I'm nowhere near what you are so yeah but if you can get some discount flights or free hotel stays with your points and miles that usually helps a little bit I find yeah 
So what's one of the, what's a tip you got for us? Since you're, since you're an, an avid traveler, what's a tip in the airport you have for us? I can't recommend enough of paying for the Sky Club membership or the airport lounge with whatever airline you fly the most or they have things like Priority Pass, which you can get for free on a lot of credit cards and get club access because for me, for example, let's say I go to Starbucks every time I have a flight, you know, usually in the morning or whatever, that's at least 10 bucks at the airport. But my club access, I get a full lounge. There's a bar if I want, although I'm not drinking it very often, but there's bagels and food enough for a light meal. you got good Wi-Fi. You have cubicles you can work in. It just really gives you a place to work and you're not just wasting time shopping or going to restaurants and things. It allows you to stay productive even when you're on a layover. Huh. I didn't even know you could shop at the airports because you know what I do when I go? I sit in the little thing and fall asleep until my flight. So I just sit on the seats. I mean, that's basically I waste time. <laughs> I'm a time waster. <laughs> uh, so... um out of all the airports you've traveled to, which is probably your, I guess, your favorite? Uh, it's hard. It's amazing how much you take for granted airport design until you spend a lot of time in a lot of different airports. In the U.S., I still think Minneapolis MSP is the best domestic airport we have. It's won a lot of awards year after year. Internationally, I kind of like Charles de Gaulle. It's a kind of a confusing airport, but there's a lot of good amenities there. It's close to Paris, so you can hop on the train if you have a long layover of four, four more hours. Uh, it's only a 35-minute train ride to Disneyland Paris if you happen to be going there. Um, <laughs> I may have done on more than one occasion when I've been in that airport. Um, I really like Charles de Gaulle, CDG. You just taught me something. I didn't even know there was a Disneyland in Paris. Well, there you go. It used to be called Euro Disney. Now it's called Disneyland Paris. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so you're just, you're just traveling everywhere. I've never actually flew overseas, believe it or not. Got to come to WordCamp Europe one of these times. Yeah, I know. I, I've been told that it's great and uh, it's packed and it's just, it's awesome. And I can't wait to do it. I just haven't done it yet. So um, I'm looking forward to being able to come over there. I want to really go to WordPress uh, Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. Nice. Have you um, been to Costa Rica? I haven't done anything in South America yet simply because – of the translations that we have for our products we're releasing translations this year but historically we focused on north america and um, europe just due to not being able to have the translation packs yet but we're working on releasing those in the next few months so then that might open up open up new locations since we might be in those languages but before we've been kind of focused just on a couple of events in europe and mostly north america great um how did you get started in this whole evangelist thing yeah well i i came from the agency space where i was the digital um kind of manager for a downtown agency in minneapolis and before that i helped an agency that made banking credit union websites and during this whole time i fell in love with joomla uh, which is another open source content management system similar to wordpress yep and i started volunteering and going to things and in that, I met a guy named Todd uh, at uh, the Joomla World Conference in Mexico. We went snorkeling and hung out. And it was funny because New Orleans, years later, I was working and volunteering at the Joomla booth. I ran into Todd again. It was like, hey, Demo, how do you remember? Do you probably don't remember me? I'm like, yeah, Todd, we went snorkeling to Mexico. Oh, you 40 bucks. 
because uh, he decided to pay. And he was like, PayPal me later. And he's one of those guy who, guys who never actually get lists. Who does, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then he was telling me about this new company he had called Bold Grip. So I was able to get this opportunity just to, by connecting people. So I've always been in, enjoying the community stuff, but I was always working for an agency. And he's like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I want to be an evangelist. And so Nick, one thing led to another and um, they added an evangelist position for Bold Grip. And I've been doing that ever since. So I've always kind of done it, but I've never been able to have a company kind of pay for me to do it. Otherwise, I've just had to like go to one or two events a year and pay for a lot out of pocket, which is what I did at all the Joomla events leading up to that time. And then I started going to the WordPress community and I knew a lot of people already because people do multiple systems where they go from one to the other and um, uh, situations and um, CMS systems grow and evolve. And um, I've met a lot of new people and I've had a really good respect from the different tools. And I kind of don't care what tools people use because uh, it's all open source and whatever works for them is fine with me. Yeah. You know, you and I have a similar story. So I actually started my entire business off on Joomla. Uh, well, actually HTML. And then I went to Joomla and then I went sure. to WordPress. So um, Joomla 1.0 is what I was first worked with. And, uh, and then it went to 1.5 and then 2. Point, was it 2.5? Yeah, so it went uh, 1.5 to um, uh, 2.5, and then 2.6, but then 2.6 became 3.0. So yeah. their numbering has been a little confusing, but it's stabilized in recent years. Yeah, I know the part that I hated the most about Joomla versus WordPress is WordPress is one-click upgrade. Joomla, at the time, you had to redesign everything every time it upgraded. So. It got better in, in more recent releases, but that's – there's pros and cons, right? Yeah. But so WordPress has a lot of technical debt. Yeah. So there are things that they can't do without breaking backwards compatibility. Joomla historically has focused on tech, technological improvements, even if it meant breaking backwards compatibility. Now, in recent years, it's gotten better, and Joomla 4 will even be easier. But yeah, the 1.5 to 2.5 was painful. 2.5 to 3 was... A, was not terrible, but it wasn't great. It wasn't one click in yeah. most cases. Three, uh, the three series to four is, you know, they haven't announced what it's going to be, but I, I completely get that. So there's two sides of that coin, right, where you want to push the boundaries of what's technically possible, but you don't want to piss off your user base. And WordPress, to their credit, has always erred on the caution of the user. But there's been side effects on the technical debt of the code that other CMS systems don't have. So it's really a struggle to kind of find that perfect balance for your project. Yeah. So out of, have you ever messed with Drupal by chance? I've messed with it. It's not for me. It's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's way more complex than I want to deal with. So yeah. I, I know a lot of people that um, love it and God bless them. I'm happy it's there, but it's, it's just not, it's not the system for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree totally. So, um, you know, out of everything that you've done uh, in your life, in your career so far, uh, what is one of the toughest decisions that you've had to make? Well, I mean, I guess it's just taking that leap of faith, or as I call it, uh, let go of the vine. Taking that leap of faith or letting go of the vine and trusting whatever decision you're going to do is the right one. Because I, had a, I was a technical specialist for a health data company, and I was doing pretty well. And then I decided to go to the agency world because I needed someone who was a Joomla expert. That was a leap of faith. Turned out to be great. And I left from there to a downtown agency. That had pros and cons with it. 
but that allowed me to be able to get some more experience with other types of businesses and then leaving as an evangelist on this new startup at bold grid that was also a leap of faith but being able to know when it's the right time to make that jump is probably been the hardest thing that i've had to do historically so yeah so out of that what is uh what is the one moment you can remember that was an aha moment do you have that aha moment yeah it's i can't really point to a specific moment but there's been more than one occasion where I've been at a word camp in another city or another state and I am with cool people and having dinner and having amazing conversations. I've been able at this job to have dinners with some of the executives at Slack and Google and Uber and some of the stuff, some of the relationships I've built and just sit there and be like, is this really happening? Is the executives of some of these awesome Fortune 50 companies asking me my opinion on inclusivity and things? And, you know, that's kind of, somebody told me once, John Rampton, um, he is a, he um, is a big uh, entrepreneur. He said that he always helps a lot of people because everyone he can help, eventually it's gonna come back. He's like, every 10 people I help will be a business introduction he's tracked it every 20 people I help will it'll equal this much money in business every 50 people. And he's like, I just help people because eventually it's going to come back uh, in multiples. And I've tried to take that mindset in my job. That is, that's a good mindset. I've never heard of that. What was the guy's name? I'm going to write it down. John Rampton. So he's a, yeah, he's a great guy. He writes for Forbes Inc. Uh, um, a lot of the online publications. He also operates do.com, one of the payment gateway services. Uh, he's one of the most uh, uh, sought-after online uh, influencers, so he has millions of followers and that sort of stuff. He's a, I've been lucky to meet him and be, get a friendship with him over the years. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, you got any questions for Mike? Yeah, I'd like to uh, pick his brain on uh, what he thinks about what's crucial for customers to give honest feedback, Ben, in the industry that he's in. Yeah, it's interesting because depending on what you're trying to do, there are two sides of that coin. So if you have like a, a product, like a plugin, and people are giving you feedback, you have to really take that feedback to heart. But a lot of time, developers are people that are too close to these products. They're like, well, you're using it wrong, or that's not the way it's intended. And there's this term called cow pass where you know like in those in your neighborhood how people have those shortcuts and like kind of stomp down the grass and make their own paths yep. well those are called cow paths and there's a terminology in ui and ux called pave the cow paths if people are having to do workarounds to get it to work the way they want there's a reason they're telling you something that most famous hashtag the most famous uh, example of this is hashtags hashtags started not because of twitter but because somebody started using them and doing the California fires, it got really popular. And then Twitter added it as an official feature. So hmm. feedback's important. Mm -hmm. And don't think you know everything. And on the flip side, if you're building websites for clients, don't think the client knows everything. It's your job to do what's best for them, not to do what they tell you to do. Because they have a goal. And their goal isn't a pretty website. And it's your job to kind of figure out what their goal actually it is and what's actually going to move that needle. Otherwise, they might as well go to Wix, Weebly, or Squarespace because then they don't need an expert. They just need a pretty site. Yep, I agree totally with that. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that a web designer is not just a person who make the pretty website. They actually have the experience, if they're legit, 
to help you with every aspect of your business, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we know how to do marketing. We know how to do advertising. We know what works. We know what don't. So I totally agree with that a hundred percent. So, you know, you are a Disney fanatic out of all the Disney parks you've been to. And I hate to keep getting get back to this, but out of all the Disney parks you've been to, what is your favorite ride? My favorite attraction, because they're not rides, they're attractions. Oh, sorry, attraction. Okay. Yes. Uh, would probably be, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disney's California Adventure. They did a, such a good job with that ride. The theming's on point. It's an amazing attraction. They it replaced the Tower of Terror um, that was over there. The, there's still the Tower of Terror, the traditional one in Paris and um, Florida. And then there's a version of it in uh, Tokyo as well. But they did such a good job with that ride that is just, it's my favorite current attraction. If you want to look at attractions that are past, I would probably say 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was at Disney World. They had a submarine voyage at Disneyland, but it wasn't officially 20,000 Leagues themed until it went over to Disney World. But that now is Ariel's Undersea Adventure, uh, which if you look at the rock work, you can see a Nautilus carved into the rock of that attraction of paying homage to what used to be there. Huh. So um, what's the best day to go to Disney? Uh, any day, but <laughs> it really depends on what you're uh, – trying to do there's crowd calendars i like touringplans.com for their crowd calendars because they'll tell you what the crowd levels are at any day of the year but his for disney world anyway the first two weeks of december are probably the slowest of the of the whole year so in between thanksgiving and the christmas season is a really good time because no one's out of school and that's a really dead period disneyland because it's so many more locals uh disneyland september mid-september is kind of a good time but the problem is every weekend's going to be busy because the, the vast majority of the people that go to disneyland are locals where the majority of people that go to disney world are tourists so when are you going to talk chris and uh sandy into coming out to california and going to disney <laughs> I, well see we went to trader sam's which is a tiki bar at the disneyland hotel when they were there we went there, they, we went to downtown Disney, but they didn't go into the park. So I, I considered it a partial success, but I am going to be there for five days uh, the weekend before Board Camp Orlando at Disneyland in California for the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge um, land that's opening up at the Disneyland Hotel. I invited them to come out and spend it with us. Um, but I think we should challenge them. What do you think? I think we could, but you know, it is where Sandy is the lead organizer of WordCamp Orlando, which is literally that same weekend. So I have five days, Sunday through Thursday at California, and then I go to Orlando for WordCamp Orlando. <laughs> I loved WordCamp Orlando when I was at it this last year. It was awesome. The weather was perfect. Yeah. Um, it's a there, great was a, there was a little bitty burger bar that was right across from the venue called Beth's Burger Bar. Have you ever ate there? Uh, I have not, uh, but. We did do a, a tiki night that last night at WordCamp Orlando, which not many people came to that year. But at California, we get a lot more people there. We go to Trader Sam's, which is a tiki bar at the Polynesian. And I've somehow, I've sometimes gotten 20, 30, oh, actually, my, I got 80 open source people there once at a conference. I paid for all the drinks and everything. It was a fun time. You paid for all of them, dang. Well, hey, I want to be bold, your friend. Bold, 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 bold. Oh, okay. I want to be your friend. 
<laughs> Bold Green was sponsoring that that night. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what did you think of Whirly Ball in Orlando? Uh, I missed it. You missed Whirly Ball? I did. Oh, my goodness. It was, my, it was my actual birthday that night, and everyone was so focused on Ben, I was depressed. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was saying happy birthday to Ben, and it was my actual birthday. No, I had to meet with a local friend that night, and it was the only night he had available. But it was actually my birthday that night as well. So I did miss Whirly Ball. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to let Dylan ask you another question here and uh, see if he's got something for you. I think he does. Yeah. I've got a feeling we're finally going to have a different answer for this one, Mickey. Judging by his, the world travel that he's done and all of his uh, figures he's got here in the background that I can see. The listeners obviously can't see, but <laughs> if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? What are the answers that you've normally got in? Well, if it's a female Wonder Woman and if it's a male, uh, who was it, Mickey? Superman. Superman, yeah. I am probably, for you know, superhero, I'm probably going to say Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy. So. I absolutely have no idea who that is. Uh, she's from the alternate Spider-Verse. Uh, she has a comic book. She was in the most recent animated film. Uh, she is the, um, um, excuse me one second, Gwen, St uh, Gwen Stacy, which is a friend of Peter, Peter Parker's. And uh -huh. that, in her universe, she gets bit by a spider and Peter is jealous. And then he becomes uh, the Green Goblin to try to compete to her level. Okay. Uh, but she uh, doesn't know that it's Peter and ends up killing him in, uh, her, <laughs> in her universe. So, uh, yeah, I, I think she's independent and fierce. She plays in a band and plays the drums, which I've always wanted to do. And I... I just really relate to her. I don't know why. I just really relate to uh, Gwen Spacey, Stacy as Spider-Gwen. I loved her comics um, his historically. And uh, yeah, so I'd say Spider-Gwen. Yeah, if I had to ask my wife this, my wife would tell me she wants to be Harley Quinn. So Okay. Yeah, she's she's in love with her, isn't, uh, isn't she, Dylan? Yeah, I would more think that Tracy would probably be uh, Jason. Voorhees? Yeah. Oh, well, she is evil too. Don't tell her I said that. Oh wait, this is on. This is on. I'm live. <laughs> I better shut up. I'm gonna make, sure to <laughs> make sure to text her and tell her to listen to this episode. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, tell us how we can help you or your business. Tell us how we can help you more. Uh, how you can help me? Yeah, help you. Help the community. Help whatever. Yeah. So this is all about you. Uh, the thing I would encourage people to do is uh, join Bold Grid's Team Orange. So Bold Grid Team Orange is an online user community for not just people that use Bold Grid, although if you use Bold Grid, we're happy to have you. It's for anyone that ha needs help with digital marketing. So we have people in there saying, hey, how do I do a Facebook ad? How do I design business cards? And we have users that help people with that and say, oh, when I was struggling with this client, here's what I did. And it's a closed group, you do have to apply. We just wanna make sure you're not a spammer. And because of that, none of the information stay, um, gets public so that people are more open and honest. And we give away contests and things like that. You can join that at uh, boldgrid.link slash group. So that's boldgrid.link slash group. Let me just, I'm double checking to make sure I'm saying this right. All right. 
look at my cheat sheet because I made postcards. <laughs> yeah, boldgrid.link slash group, even though they can't see that. Boldgrid.link uh, yep. slash group is how you can join that. It's free. Um, please, you know, share your input because everyone's input's valuable. Uh, if you use our products, that's great. But if you just use the web or WordPress or whatever, we, we want everyone's voice because everyone has someone interesting to share. So we're trying to make a safe place for digital marketers and entrepreneurs to share about their struggles and challenges. So. That's awesome. I didn't even know that existed. So yeah, I'll definitely, uh, we'll link to that when we release this podcast. Awesome. So um, since this is the last minute podcast, do you have any last minute thoughts you'd like to share? You can follow me on Twitter at MP Mike is where I probably do most of my socialing. If people are so interested to follow me on there, if you want to see any of my talks, they're on WordPress TV and lots of other things on the YouTube and things. Uh, but other than that, it's just been a pleasure. And if, you, if I'm at an event that uh, you're also at, please uh, DM me. I want to he meet you, um, hear what you're all about. Cause, and if I can help you in any way, that's, you know, literally what I do. Yep. And you are amazing at that. I remember up at WordCamp US, you were out delivering the little posters that you went and had made. You want to say anything about them? Yeah. So we actually had limited art prints that were done by a offset printer. So the traditional block printing uh, with, that we had done at the Country Music Hall of Fame Hat Show Print Shop, which is the oldest print shop in Nashville that historically has done all the Nashville like concert posters for the Grand Ole Opry for over a century and we had them commission a WordPress piece for us and we gave out uh, 200 of those at WordCamp US as a limited edition art piece that directly across the street it was made at the Country Music Hall of Fame like literally you go out the door you walk 20 yards and you would be right there yeah I love the one you the one I got so you know I actually probably shouldn't tell you this but I registered like 50 email addresses so I could get that one <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> But anyways, well, Mike, it's been a blast having you on. We really appreciate you coming online and, and sharing your story. And then uh, we look forward to helping you out any way we can. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's yeah. been my pleasure. Thank you. Well, have fun in Disney when you go back. And then uh, all your future endeavors be safe, of course. So Awesome. Thanks. All right. We'll see you later, buddy. See you. Man, Dylan, Mike was awesome. <laughs> uh, he travels everywhere, don't he? He goes all over the place. That's pretty fun. Yeah, he was, uh, he was just overseas, uh, and I think it was Austria this last week. Uh, I think it was Austria, and I was following him on Facebook, and I think, he's in, I think he's actually in London, England, or he's on his way back from London, England right now. This dude travels everywhere, and he's just a great guy. If you're ever going to go to a WordCamp, you'll probably be, in, you'll probably be able to meet him. Just look for the bold grid booth, and uh, he'll be there um, most of the time. He is a really, really, really awesome feller. All right, Dylan, I guess it's time for that audience participation. Yeah, yeah. What, what do we want to ask the audience for this week other than their vacuum cleaner recommendations? Uh, I guess, you know, we could ask them, what's your favorite thing to do in the summer? What's your favorite thing to do in the summer? Do you like to go hike? Do you like to go see waterfalls? Do you like to go to the flea markets? Do you like to go garage sale hunting early in the morning and get the best deals? What do you like to do? Let us know. We'd love to know. Leave it as a comment on our Facebook page or tweet it at us. Or you can call our voicemail line at 423-788-4305.
and no one has done that yet, but you can also text that number and we'll get it too. And you can email us directly at questions at lastminutepodcast.com. And that one that phone number to text or leave us a voicemail is 423-788-4305. That's right. Leave us a voicemail. Nobody's claimed that $20 gift card yet. All except for the robot that wants me to purchase an extended warranty for my vehicle. Yeah, we're not giving the gift card to a robot. Sorry, man. Yeah. Robot, you can go somewhere else, okay? So, last-minute thoughts now, Dylan. It's time for the last-minute thoughts. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the Raleigh Word Camp. And it's to the volunteers, the speakers, the guests, everybody, the, 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 the sponsors, anybody that has anything to do with the Raleigh Word Camp. I would like to say I hope you all have an amazing time this weekend. I wish I could be there. Um, I'll be there in spirit. I've got a lot of friends that's there. And uh, I hope you all have a blast learning and I hope you have a blast building some new relationships. So uh, that's who my shout out's going to go to. I'm going to say if you're going to the Bristol race this weekend and you drive a Toyota, you can get free parking at the Earhart campground. Toyota is sponsoring a parking lot there and then Toyota drivers get free parking. So here's a tip to that. If you do not drive a Toyota, Find a friend that has a Toyota, borrow their car, let them use your car, and go get free parking. That's right. <laughs> There's always a loophole, and that's your loophole. And uh, Earhart Campground, I'm sorry if I wasn't supposed to say that. No, I'm not really sorry. I'm just trying to save people a dollar or two. Well, I'm sure Toyota's <laughs> going to pay Earhart one way or the other. They sponsored <laughs> it, so I'm sure they paid a pretty penny of that. So, um, well, I guess that's it, buddy. I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you. Like I said, give us a uh, shout out. You can email us directly at questions at lastminutepodcast.com with any suggestions, comments, or anything like that. Or you can text or call us at 423-788-4305. Would love to hear from you and uh, talk with you. Dylan, you have a good day, buddy. You too. We'll see all of you soon, hopefully. See ya. See ya.